0: You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: We are back and doing it. It's a crossover episode, Locked On Wolverines and Locked On Nittany Lions for those who are used to be. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines, wired through USA Today Sports Media Group, and we got Zach uh is it seiko sorry i I, oh yeah, I i do have your name on the screen i forgot zach seiko that there's there that's there's got to be a better intro i mean we just met like two minutes ago essentially well 20, yeah. 20 minutes ago pending platform changes audio issues all that stuff so um anyway zach let's talk a little football because it's a big big game coming up here that's yep. Number ten, Penn State at number four, Michigan. Penn State last year also started out five and zero. Michigan last year also started out six and zero. Both teams eventually lost uh, pretty early. Michigan made it to seven and zero before losing. It's uh, a Michigan State. Penn State made it to five and zero before Sean Clifford goes down at Iowa after it seemed like everything was rolling in Iowa City and. This team seems different, however. This is the first ranked opponent either team has faced. So when you are looking at this matchup, what is it about Penn State? What is it about this group right now that gives you confidence that it is a little bit more legitimate than what ended up being kind of a disappointing year for the Nittany Lions a year ago?
0: Yeah, it's two guys, and it's Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, both of the two freshman running backs. A year ago, they didn't have that consistent running game. They didn't have the balance. They didn't have that ability to take pressure off of Sean Clifford. Their first down and 10 play was throwing a bubble screen to the slot, right, to Parker Washington. That's how they would keep teams off balance. And now you have Singleton and Allen who both can do incredible things at the running back position. I mean, it's made everybody better. It's made the backfield better. It's made the wide receivers better because now you have to respect the run game and you can't just game plan and keep two safeties over the top. You got to respect the box a little more. It takes the pressure off of Sean Clifford. He doesn't have to throw as many times. He doesn't have to keep the ball in his hands. He doesn't have to keep it like on the option play. He can give it off with confidence. And then the offensive line even looks better because um how much better are they um we're still trying to figure that out but when you have better guys to block for it just makes everybody look better and then that balance also keeps the offense on the field longer which gives the defense a little extra rest so those two players those two 18 year olds have made all the difference for the Nittany Lions this year
1: well I think one of the interesting things is and I I I moved over to uh to the computer here. I mean, Grant, we're all on the computer when whenever you're recording anything like this, but I wanted to make sure I had the numbers in front of me here. So I think what makes this interesting is both teams kind of have a good-on-good good situation as far as that's concerned. Like you're talking about the running backs. That's obviously what Michigan's, one of Michigan's strengths, but then you go to the other side. Both teams are really good at stopping the run. Penn State, number five in the country, allowing an average of 2.96 yards per carry. An average of seventy nine point eight yards per game. Michigan not really much different. That it's, it's through six games, two point six two yards per carry, average of eighty one point six seven yards per game. How when you because of those types of things, how do you have confidence that they're going to still be able to have that type of success, uh, e- even? going up against this is certainly for both teams going to be the toughest defensive front yeah. that either has seen to this point.
0: I mean, that's where you're going to have to, it, there's a little bit of give and take here because I think that while Penn State won't have as much ease as running the football against an Ohio against the down Auburn team that we've seen. I mean, Auburn's a shell of itself this year, uh, Central Michigan, whatever have you, Northwestern, that one, I don't know how much you saw of that or looked at the box score they had five fumbles from all three running backs. Yeah. Um, it's
1: the 17 to seven weather game against uh, where, where anything could happen in a game like that, obviously. It was classic big 10 football. So I think
0: that again, it's kind of the back and forth of it. I think that Michigan won't have the same kind of success running the football as well that they've had through the first few games and the same thing with Penn state. It's just, you have that element now that Michigan won't be able to sell out for the pass They have to say, okay, we got to at least keep seven guys around the box, and we don't have that luxury anymore of double-teaming a Mitchell Tinsley, keeping an extra safety over the top of the bracket, a Parker Washington in the slot, and Singleton has that capability of hitting the long ball, hitting the big play. And Katron Allen is so good in between the tackles. Like there's, there's this big debate around Happy Valley. Well, who would you rather have, Nicholas Singleton or Katron Allen? And right now it's both because they're good at different things. Singleton's got the breakaway speed. Allen knows how to run the zone in between the tackles and they're good at what they're good at. And they, you don't have to ask them to do things that they're not comfortable with. You bring in the running back that you want to have a, a certain skill set in and a certain play.
1: Well, let's let's talk about Michigan's run game because obviously that Michigan has a. I, I'm not making this up. I I know that uh, there's weirdly on on our channel we get some Buckeyes and Spartans that love to watch and follow along for whatever reason. I, maybe it's <laughs> scouting the enemy, but I think it's just because they hate themselves. Uh, it, and I'm not so I'm not making this up, but. Michigan has a, by Vegas, it's, it's out there. It's not super long odds. They have a Heisman contender at running back in Blake Corham. Uh, he has been absolutely electric thus far. Uh, we haven't really seen as much Donovan Edwards due to injury. They also kind of held him out a little bit, uh, but we still have seen him a little bit. How, what is your cons- level of concern or level of confidence about going up against Michigan's two-headed monster with those two guys?
0: I know a little bit more about Blake Corum. Uh, part of that is he actually went to my high school. I throw that out there. Every oh, really?
1: Time. So you, you before, went he, Fra- before he went to St. Francis Academy. Before he went to St. Okay. Francis.
0: Yeah, he he started at, at St. Vincent Pallotti and then he went to St. Francis. So, but he started there for a few years. Uh, but he's so, a really he, good if running went to, back.
1: If you went to St. Francis, I'd be like, you know a little bit more than Blake Corum. Because uh, Michigan is just collecting Saint Francis Academy players like yeah. that's you know but anyways go continue
0: no yeah i mean Blake Corum Chase Young if you know if you remember Jarrett Patterson he's on the commanders he was uh he was uh part of the that those high school teams too believe it or not uh oddly enough but uh Corum yeah just from seeing his kind of his his glow up if you will from from high school through now his what his third season at Michigan i i mean From a guy who was a solid number two last year with Hassan Haskins, uh, now you have a a guy that can take over as the bell cow, and he's averaging over six yards per carry, he's got 11 touchdowns. Like He just understands the running back position, and you can't tire him out. Um, He's a guy that you definitely have to account for. Um, because I think he can do it all. Now he hasn't been asked to be a pass catcher out of the backfield, but you just get the football in his hands and he just runs with authority. So it is a big concern. Also, given the fact that Michigan traditionally has good lines every single year to block for a guy like him, so it's no different. And and it's the way that Jim Harbaugh likes to conduct his program. Whatever, if it's an NFL team or if it's at Michigan, he likes to run the football first and impose his authority on other teams. All right, let's
1: continue talking about this game uh, here in a moment. But before we do, listen, these days, uh, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidate available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a job post on LinkedIn Jobs. It just takes a matter of moments And then they start coming in, the resumes, they start rolling in. And then after that, after you add your job, you can add the personal hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You want to finish this year strong, just like all of our college football teams want to. So go and get the right team member to do it. And that you can do it right through LinkedIn Jobs. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply
0: betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season find all of the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find and as always BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including mlb mma boxing and golf and to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.
1: All right, Zach, let's continue on discussing this game. Uh, it, it is, I do think, when I look at this matchup, uh, the fact that Michigan struggled with Penn State at Penn State last year, and it was not necessarily a dynamic offense at that point, uh, but uh, it's a bit more dynamic. Uh, it, that that makes gives me pause a little bit defensively, but Michigan's managed to find a way to, to slow things down enough uh, when it comes to facing other teams, but it's usually taken them about a half. You look at Maryland. Maryland was able to move the ball on the ground, through the air, all of that, until about halftime, and then Michigan finally figured things out. Uh, so the way that I see a game like this, is Michigan's going to probably figure out what to do defensively to some degree going into the second half. Uh, but that Penn state certainly will have some early success. How, how much do they have the Nittany lions? Have, have they been able to start out strong uh, to, to begin the game? Are they more of a first half team or of a second half team? What, what, and what do you see are kind of the keys for this offense to succeed right, right out of the gates at the big house?
0: Well, this is starting to become less and less of a secret each week. Based on Penn State's strengths, they play a certain way and they have a blueprint that they want to follow. You are going to see at least Penn State try. I'm not saying that they will. I hope they will. (laughs) But you're going to see them try to jump out to a two-score lead, whether that's 10-0, 14-0. They are going to try to score early and score fast. They want to make Michigan and any team play from behind because then it forces that Michigan offense or anybody to pass into that secondary to allow that Manny Diaz defense to come alive and to blitz. Penn state doesn't win this game by going into a a seven, seven game at halftime or whatever, anything that's a three point or a tie game. They need to be up by a good amount and any, any deficit that they have the advantage in and force JJ McCarthy to throw against that secondary and see that blitz. That is where Penn, what Penn State's trying to do. If you go to the Auburn game, Penn State goes for it on its first drive at midfield. Now, they didn't need to, but they wanted to because they didn't know how bad that Auburn team was. If Auburn was better, they would have capitalized on that and made them pay for that mistake. But Penn State wanted to go, hey, we want to force TJ Finley at the time. He was on the field. He wasn't hurt. They wanted to force him to pass against that secondary. And that's what they're going to say to Michigan, especially when Michigan's a run first team.
1: Yeah, it's uh this is where I wonder if Michigan becomes more pass first as well because we did see that early on against Indiana. Um I don't take much out of the first half struggles for Michigan against Indiana and credit to those who who actually in the national media went and said this. Uh but uh it's hard to take anything out of that first half for Michigan really the first time Well, I wouldn't say the first time we've seen Michigan struggle in the first half. Michigan certainly has been a second half team, but uh, after the first drive where it just, you know, moved right through the uh, Indiana defense, like a hot knife through butter the same way it did the week before against Iowa. And then my cart collapses and suddenly the yeah. team feels kind of lifeless. It's hard for me to sit there and prescribe, uh, sit there and say they should have been better when, you know, I I, I said this on, on lockdown Wolverines on Monday, I was shook the entire game and I have no, you know, I'm I'm just on the sidelines with a camera, right? Like it's, it's, it was a difficult situation for me and every other person that was a photographer uh, that has been covering the team for some time uh, or, you know, I didn't even know what the people in the press box were thinking. So as far as that's concerned, I, I give them a pass, but, J.J. McCarthy started to really come alive in the past game. We've known that he was capable of it. He's had big games before, even as a backup, uh, in, certainly early in the season, uh, glimpses of what he was capable of. But uh, 304 yards against Indiana, this is certainly a more difficult defense, but it hasn't seemed to matter who he's played. He's played well when it comes to passing the ball in terms of not making big mistakes. He's leads the country in uh, completion percentage, 78.2%. So I'm curious to see how that will work, and when, especially when I'm looking at this Penn State pass defense. 110th in the country, but as I've just been saying, that doesn't tell the whole story. They've faced the 11th most pass attempts that, uh, yeah. on them, and I believe or somewhere, I can't remember offhand, but hovering around 10th in uh, yards per completion, so uh, yards per attempt. So it's certainly a, a difficult front. Uh, what 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 are your concerns about going to the big house? So far, there's only been one win against Michigan by, uh, on the road by James Franklin, and that sole win came in the COVID year. I was one of the I don't know handful of people there that got to see it in person, and it it both were really bad teams. Michigan tried to replace Joe Milton with Cade McNamara as a starter. McNamara gets hurt. Joe Milton was already injured. He's out there. He looked bad. Uh, we saw well Will Levis uh, play in that game. It, it was it was a weird, just all around bizarre, annoying game. And neither team really looked like a college football team. Certainly, this is a little bit different. So, what what's your concern level about? going and playing in a hostile environment?
0: Well, Penn State's battle-tested this year. Uh, They went on the road to Purdue. They went on the road to Auburn. Uh, That was the first time any Big Ten team had played at Jordan-Hare Stadium against Auburn. So they are battle-tested. They're road-tested. Do I think Ann Arbor, the big house, is probably the rowdiest venue that they're going to play at? I think Auburn early in the game definitely showed that they are a hostile environment, but it's not like this is a big surprise to Penn state. Like, Oh man, you know, they, they went on the road to some slouch of a Mac team and the the crowd wasn't that big. Like they've done this twice now and right out of the gate to start the season. So they're not intimidated by any means. And from what I'm gathering, they're just really confident. They believe that they're one of the better teams in the country. They believe that they are a playoff contender does the Penn State fan base, national media, and everybody else think that? Probably not, but I'm glad that they have that confidence. So they want to go in and shake up the party a little bit. Uh, I, think, I think they're looking forward to the fact that it is at Michigan.
1: Well, Michigan's last couple of years has had that same type of road mentality, um, obviously coming off of uh, Iowa and then Indiana, which is always a really weird place to play. I've been to Indiana five times and four of the five have been weird. (laughs) It's never been like, except for 2019, when I went to Indiana, that's the only time I ever went. And it was like, yeah, this is just a, this is just an easy game for Michigan. And I didn't even think that going in Uh, nonetheless um, before we move on uh, what, what are, what are the things that you look at are that are the biggest challenges for Penn state? What, What do you look at in Michigan that you're most leery of?
0: I think that you're going to have to deal with that pass rush. Well, let's start with Sean Clifford, because Clifford has been prone to not the frequency of turnovers, but the big turnover, the untimely turnover. He had that against Purdue, and they were able to get themselves out of it. Sean Clifford led the drive down the field that won them the game. He also put them in that position. Is that going to happen against a top-five team, a college football playoff team from a year ago, where they will make you pay for that if you throw a pick six late in the fourth. Purdue didn't have the run game to churn out the time and make the clock work against Penn State, but Michigan does. So for me, it starts with Sean Clifford has to avoid that big turnover, and he's been fairly clean. Twelve touchdowns to that one interception, and then he had the one in the rain against Northwestern. I, you know... Penn State's plus six in turnovers, but they had five. (laughs) They had five alone in that game against Northwestern, the four fumbles and the one interception. Um, So it starts there. Sean Clifford's got to protect the football. And then after that, uh, can you get the football back from Michigan? Because I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan really slows down the tempo and they just try to run the football with Blake Corum and keep the Penn State offense off of the field. They scored 35 against Purdue. They scored 41 against Auburn and against Ohio. Yeah, they scored 46 against Ohio, and they scored 33 against Central Michigan, but those are MAC opponents. The 17 against Northwestern, again, that's, that's Hurricane Ian. That's, that's all that weather there, the weather playing the extra defense for Northwestern. So I'm concerned if Michigan can game plan right and keep this as close as possible, and basically control the tempo, because Penn State has led a lot of times in time of possession. They've actually been really good about that, so if Michigan can flip that and really take like a 10-minute advantage in that category, then those are the two things that I'm looking at where Penn State can win this game if they do those two things right.
1: Well, Michigan will try to control the time of possession. That is certainly something that they do. Uh, they, They are not trying to Let's just say they're not trying to be Ohio State. Michigan is not trying to just get 50 points and get out of there. That's not what they're doing. So they are going to try to control time possession. We'll get more of my thoughts on on the game here uh, on the other end. But before we do, listen, if you haven't tried uh, Built Bar Puffs yet, I I don't know what you're waiting for. You are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. That's right. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built is done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. And I, let me tell you, I love the puffs. Those are I, I am a puffs fan uh, more so than the, even the regular bars. That's how good they are. They're light. They have a chewy texture and real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100 real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com, snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place or just hoard them for yourself, which is what I do. As I've said many a time on my podcast, Uh, my roommates stole them. So I keep the boxes in my room now. That really happens. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate covered cookie dough, With a light, fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to want, you're going to love, rather, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to add, uh, grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to built.com. Use the promo code locked 15 locked on 15 rather and get 15% off of your next order built.com promo code locked on 15. All right, let's, uh, let's finish out here. I I, I am looking at this matchup and I, I'm not really sure what, what is going to happen. I think this is one of those types of games where most people on either end are probably really confident, um, and I think rightfully so uh, Michigan still feels like a work in progress. Penn state still feels like a work in progress, right? Both teams have new offensive uh, coordinators. And I believe this Penn Penn state is a new offensive coordinator this year or two, right? Cause no more. Uh, what's his name? Kirk Shiraka, He's he went back to Minnesota, right?
0: And he went back to Minnesota. It's actually year two for Mike Yersich.
1: Okay. okay. I forgot about Mike Yersich. So uh, a little bit more established there. The way I see see this game is Michigan needs to not be stodgy if it can't get what it wants in the run game. Now, last year, Michigan wasn't. Kind of struggled in the run game, found ways to pass the ball. Michigan has a little bit more of a capable quarterback. That's not a knock on Caden McNamara. It's just a statement of how good J.J. McCarthy is from a talent perspective. Uh, I, I think that Michigan needs to utilize it. And I think that with all of this talk that has kind of permeated national media, Joel Klatt, good friend of mine and the show, uh, but he, you know, he's out there saying that it's uh, that the tendencies are obvious. And Michigan, I asked Jerome Moore, the 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 co-offensive coordinator for Michigan today, I said, you know, what do you make of of that? You know, with Joel Klatt's comments, and he said, "Listen, we know our tendencies better than anybody. We know exactly what's going on." So that makes me think that Michigan and we've seen this from Jim Harbaugh's teams from time to time where they try not to pull all the cats out of the bag until they have a big opponent to do so against. Thinking back to 2018 against Wisconsin, Wisconsin was like by far thought of as a team that was going to come into the big house and win that game. And, uh, you know, college game day was there. No one really had any faith in Michigan. Michigan had lost to Notre Dame. And then suddenly Michigan's offense, it looks completely different. I kind of have the feeling that's what we're going to see to some degree. Not that it's going to be completely different, but we haven't really seen J.J. McCarthy utilize his arm, which is his most uh, his most important feature, his second most important feature, running the football. Very, very few runs. Part of that could be because of the injury at the quarterback uh, position uh, with Cade McNamara being out, but I feel like This is a a situation where we could see the offense utilize a lot more aspects that we haven't really seen. It seemed like it's kind of on training wheels, which is kind of weird considering that the bulk of the offense is the same as the one we saw last year uh, when they were the most explosive team in the country. Yet it just seems like it's just kind of, like I said, on training wheels. So defensively, I think it's going to be a challenge for Michigan. Uh, there's a lot more to defend at Penn State, even when there's been some of those games uh, going against the Nittany Lions 2020, 2021. I, I feel like Penn State finds ways to get guys involved, even usually it's somebody that isn't the the main culprit. You know, Parker Washington a couple of years ago, no one really was talking about him on a national perspective. Uh, I don't think I knew who he was going into the game, and then suddenly I knew in a hurry who he was. Uh, Jahan Dotson wasn't really the guy that punished them. Uh, That's generally been the case, that it isn't the the main guy, except for Saquon in 2017. It really hasn't been whoever the main guy is. So I'm wondering who it is that steps up for Penn State. So with that in mind, if you were to pick an off-the-radar type guy for the Nittany Lions... Who do you think it would be, Uh, whether it's a, a, well, you already, we already know about the two running backs. Is there a tight end or wide receiver who who's ready to step into the prime that maybe just quite hasn't gotten that type of opportunity yet?
0: Well, the wide receivers haven't been asked to take over a game just yet. Uh, I think that unsung guy, but people know about him because he's supposed to be the number one wide receiver and that's Mitchell Tinsley. He takes over in Jahan Dotson's role as that option route receiver, where him and Sean Clifford, the basically the way that Penn State runs this offense, that receiver runs two routes. He picks one, and Sean Clifford and him have to be on the same page. That's very tough to do. they got to see the same thing from different perspectives on the field. So if anyone's going to be that surprise guy to step up, it's Mitchell Tinsley in this game, because I think you're going to have to pass more since Michigan is sound up front. Everyone tells me about the defensive line, even though they've lost Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, like they've still retained a good amount of talent. Uh, and with that being said, Sean Clifford's going to have to find a way to get that connection. The obvious choice is Brenton Strange, because that's who Sean Clifford has picked on a lot. Brenton Strange has become Mr. Reliable so far. And it was pretty crowded in that tight end room. Nobody really knew for Penn State who was going to emerge if it was going to be strange or Theo Johnson or Tyler Warren, cause they used all three evenly last year. And now it's Brenton Strange's job, like he's cleared TE number one. Um, but those are the guys you're going to have to look at. If you're looking for a not so obvious one, it's Mitchell Tinsley. The obvious ones are the running backs and then probably Brenton strange.
1: Well, I'll be interested to see. It would be if it's Theo Johnson that, I mean, he was a guy that Michigan was really, really, really hard after. And, uh, made several visits to the big house and didn't end up pulling the trigger in Ann Arbor, went to happy Valley. Uh, but, uh, I, I'll be curious to see. I, I, I feel like this is going to obviously be a bigger test. I think Penn state's going to give Michigan a lot more, uh, than people think, uh, in this area or even nationally, uh, but uh, I, I don't, I'm not chalking it up to a Michigan win. I am trending towards picking it that way, but I have not come up with my final decision personally, uh, but it's certainly going to be a challenge. Relatively equal teams as far as talent. Uh, I think Michigan's a little bit more experienced, and it is at home. Those are the things I think are working in Michigan's favor. Penn State, I think, has a little bit more of a surprise factor to some degree and is really stout on both lines and i think that if they come in and play really really strong and like you said get that put michigan behind because michigan hasn't really been in that situation it has been behind a few times this year but not by multiple scores that certainly would uh, would change things but i think also think michigan has the the tools to come back with as many wideouts and uh Big time playmakers that they have that they just haven't necessarily utilized. All right, we are running out of time. Zoom is literally telling us uh, that we are running out of time, so that's going to do it for the Lockdown Wolverines, the slash Nittany Lions crossover episode. He's Zach Seiko. I'm Isaiah Hole. Thanks for watching and/or listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace.